Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? It's me, Egbert, once again. I'm the new owner of this station. I went out and hired the best talk radio consultant, Jeff Allen from News Talk STL, and told him to hire the worst talent he could find. Jeff did exactly as I told him. Ladies and gentlemen, here are Brad and John. Well, John, does that does that make us the worst talent? I'm I'm a little still confused by that by that little bump there. Is that here's what it does. To me, it gives us license to break all the rules. <laughs> and we know that Egbert doesn't get up early, yeah. so he doesn't ever hear this live. So right. at least we can't be reprimanded in real time, you know? He's one of those nocturnal uh, genius guys that goes to bed at like uh, at like 4 o'clock in the morning and doesn't wake up till like 2 in the afternoon, right? And we're the opposite, aren't we, Brad? <laughs> right. Yes. Early to bed, early, early to rise. And what's the rest that makes man wealthy, Makes healthy. a guy own three radio stations. <laughs> yeah. That's what I heard. And, and lose his ass. But oh, did I say that? Uh, anyway, it's it's... BJ dot show. I have to say that very slowly because I keep screwing it up. Did I get it right, John? No, it's bjshow.co. Oh my god. <laughs> god. It's gonna be a great Friday, bro. We're put... going into what you and I do not celebrate as a long weekend because we don't take superfluous holidays off. By no the... matter if kids are off school or if the state says it's a holiday, whatever. Do you know who made Martin Luther King? Junior, a state holiday in Missouri. Well, hold on, I have to back you up for a minute because of the fact that you made the comment on the air yesterday, and uh, a listener who I didn't know was a listener, who is a teacher in the Hazelwood School District, said, "Nope, he's not right. We have a full day today, and we have." School I looked tomorrow. it up. They're right. I'm sorry to interrupt, but you're right. I did look it up, and Hazelwood is in school today. Yes, and because you said all the school teachers in the St. Louis County area uh, had a half day on Thursday. Uh, a day off on Friday today, uh, and then which meant they would essentially have like a four and a half day off because of the Thursday half day, Friday off, Saturday Sunday off, Monday ML King holiday off. Ah, man, and the crazy thing about that is, if those schools that do that will not have a full week of school until the fourth week of January. Because well, Brad. First of all, you're right. Second of all, thank you to the listener for fact checking us. We're not too. We're not so arrogant as to think that we don't get things wrong because we do. And third of all, what most people know, including your friend who's a teacher in Hazelwood, originally Hazelwood was going to have Friday off, and then BJShow.co went on the air, <laughs> yeah, right. and they found out that we were both products of the Hazelwood School District, and they said, "Look, kids need." every day in school as possible. Wow, and also I had a conversation with this person who shall remain nameless because they, they didn't want to identify themselves because of the fact that what they told me was pretty interesting. Okay, did you go to Kirby Junior High? I did. Okay. I'm a Kirby Cougar. Okay. God, when I went in there, they called them the K-Hawks, whatever a K-Hawk was. Well, there were still pterodactyls around when you were in yeah, junior I high, guess. Brad. I think you guys were the pterodactyls. Okay, Kirby Junior High was renamed East Middle School, okay? Correct. And I say it was closed. And this particular person, once again, who is an employee of the Hazelwood School District, who remains has to remain anonymous, told me more than probably I wanted, or more than I should have known, but a lot of interesting stuff, that I was correct in that they moved all the kids over to Hazelwood East. They shut down 
what you know the old Kirby now renamed Hazelwood East Middle School. They and for a couple of years it was not used. Now what they've done is they've done this crazy thing where at the Hazelwood East High School it's now a five-year high school where they have eight, Whoa, nine, really? ten, eleven, and twelve. Yes, but they have the eighth graders like in what they call the eighth grade center. Okay. And what's weird about this is some of the other middle schools are 6 and 7, and some of the other middle schools are 6, 7, and 8. So it depends upon which middle school. And the crazy thing about this is that if you were like, let's say you were in that area and the boundary lines, let's say you went to my old school, Twelman School, you went to Twelman School for grades 1 through 5 or kindergarten for 5, then you would go to a middle school for 6 and 7, and then you would go to essentially to the high school for 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12, but you would be like sort of cordoned off in a per- in a particular area of the high school. Now, the old Kirby Junior High, you know, slash Hazelwood East Middle School is now the bad kids high school. I see. The kids who, or you could say, Brad, the kids who need a little bit more support and help. Yes. <laughs> you know how Johnny Diversity is over here to point out that we should be a little bit more empathetic. <laughs> I forgot you're, you're a former comms guy. I say I say the bad kids high school. You call it. What did you call it again? The, well, the kids that need a little bit more help. And by the way, Brad, this is a fantastic intro into a story that did not make the top cut today. But I will say before you give me the official intro, the Bell Fountain Habilitation Home has been uh, – the state is adding – Another property onto the Bell Fountain Habilitation Home right there at the beautiful corner of 270 in Bell Fountain uh, for kids who need a little bit more help for troubled youth. Do you know my mom used to work there? What's that? She worked at that at that place at the Bell Fountain. Whatever. Oh, I sorry, I missed the, the last half. I yeah. do remember that she worked there. You're yeah. right. She was a she was a speech and hearing therapist, and she worked there. And and you know, it is a huge campus. It's just that is that, it's that monstrous. property there is so. I mean, how many how many Bush stadiums could you put in I, there? I'm, I'm telling you. I mean, it's got to be. And I, I maybe I'm exaggerating. It's got to be a hundred acres. It's at least a hundred. Yeah, it's oh, absolutely a hundred acres. If folks don't know, if you're coming across the bridge from Illinois in 270, and you don't want to spend some time right off Bell Fountain Road at me and Brad's old stomping grounds, <laughs> yes. if you if you bust a left. And you go south on Bell Fountain Road. There's a Bell, a Bell Fountain Habilitation Center that's been there for what since the 50s, Brad. Yeah, and they used to own property on the other side of 367. On the that would be on the west side of 367. No way. Oh okay, yeah, I yeah. didn't know that. And when my mom worked there, there was a husband and wife couple who were both MDs, I believe, either both MDs or both both PhDs because they were both they were called doctor, you know, they were both called doctor, which is like a of, Joe Biden doctor. Yeah, like, well, no, Joe but, Biden, not like a real doctor, but like an academic. Well, doctor. let's say Joe Biden had a PhD, and it would be like doctor and doctor Biden. Okay, if they were right. together, it wouldn't be like Mr. and Mrs. It would be doctor and doctor Biden. Okay, on three sixty seven, which is the the western boundary of that habilitation center. So, in other words, mm-hmm. you go from from essentially from Bell Fountain Road. All the way to 367 was all the property for that state school, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. There used to be a big monstrous mansion on the west side of that property that had an entrance off of Lewis and Clark 367. That's where the directors lived, the, the, the couple. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. Well, that's convenient. That I, cuts down on your yeah. carbon emissions. Right. And they got. Now, Brad, wh- hold on. I hate to interrupt <laughs> carbon here. Carbon emissions. But while we're talking about bad boys. 
I was unable this morning to limit the top stories to three. So we're going to have to tick through five, Brad. I've been singing R. Kelly all morning. You know, he had that song that goes, takes five stories just to make me feel the you, John, you know, that that's you, you are always interesting in that, like, you this this whitey white bread guy used to work for Monsanto, who is the comms guy, but yet you know rap, like, <laughs> backwards and forwards. You, whitey white bread is good. Whitey <laughs> white bread is good. You, and did you know, you know the popular... R. Kelly song Fiesta. It's called Fiesta Remix. R. Kelly came out years later and pointed out there's no original Fiesta. He went straight to Fiesta Remix. Now, nobody asked R. Kelly's opinion anymore because he got in trouble when he was famously into water sports and things. But he's in jail, he's anyway, in jail should we, now, isn't he? Should we roll into the top five, Brad? Oh, no, he's in jail now, isn't he? I believe he is, yeah. And didn't he, wasn't his song the one that we used to play all the time, wasn't Ignition? That was one of his songs? Yeah, right? Ignition was a fantastic do, song. That you, was late 2000, early 2001. Do you know, I used to play that in KSLQ, and one day a lady called me up and she says, I can't believe you still play that song. And I, Oh, because of, because of the yeah, trouble that you got into? It didn't, it, you know, A and B didn't quite mesh in my head at that time. And I, yeah, go, yeah. I go, what's wrong with that song? I go, there's no, there's no, no, right. you know. He does say I'm going to. Take my key and stick it in your ignition, but you got to kind of. Well, what's wrong with that? But that was when the back in the day when you did that with every car. Now every he, had every car had a real key. Yeah, he he did he didn't say anything about a fob. What he was going to do with your fob, right? I mean, <laughs> he, he didn't say anything about that. And one more lyric before we go, Brad. Speaking of a, a, a lyric that you would appreciate, the great rapper Andre Three Thousand said once had a song when he was talking about the good old days, and he said when cars were made of metal instead of plastic, and like. I don't think I've heard a rap song about cars that really hit me there. Like, it takes me back to the old Cutlass driving down Bell Fountain uh, well, in 270, you know? See, you and I are a better day. I mean, matter of fact, my 62 Pontiac had a metal dashboard. And if, you know, Matt, that's part of the whole thing with the Ralph Nader thing. If your head would impact that dashboard, <laughs> you know, you would have a nasty mark on your head. If you had a head left, you know, it might, it might you know, oh, it won't go It there. explains a lot about Brad. Yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> There's a story that well, at the time when I was a young guy and I was I always have certain girls, women I was dating at the time. Ooh. I had a '62 Pontiac station wagon, okay, and and this was the the '70s. And I actually had a father come out to inspect my car, and he was most impressed because I had bucket seats. First off, and think about that for a minute. So yeah. the, my girlfriend, whoever she was, couldn't sit next to me. And how you had to scoot over on the bench seat. I had bucket seats in the car. I had put the bucket seats in. The car originally had a bench seat. And I had not, because in 1962, there were no seat belts. I had actually put seat belts in and shoulder harnesses. And Boy, you know what? <laughs> Safety is number one when you're riding with Brad Hildebrand. Right. And when this this gal's father came out to inspect my car, he was blown away by the fact that because at that point in time, unless you had a brand new car, I don't even think I don't even think back in the early 70s, I don't think the cars even even the, the new cars had shoulder harnesses at that point in time. I don't I don't think they did. They may have. I don't know. I can't remember. But I was like way ahead of my times. And I remember him looking at me going like, Man, you you've you've got safety. He said something about safety, and I'm going like safety on the brain. Yeah, that's and, right. And see now now and see here's the difference is that if I would have had the John Combest brain back then, and I would have been able to respond to him politically correct, I would look him in the eye and say, Sir, 
when I have your daughter in my car, her safety is the utmost safe, uh, you know, utmost importance to my life. That's why I have these custom bucket seats where she has to stay in her seat. She can't scoot over on a bench seat next to me. She yeah, has to wear absolutely. her she has to wear her lap belt and her shoulder belt, sir. And matter of fact, what you don't realize in the back of the car there are two crash helmets. The one we drive in my car, we put on the crash helmets. So, sir, your daughter's safety is my utmost importance. And then you peeled out <laughs> and you took her to Steak and Shake. And you said, baby, I can get you a free milkshake here. Right. <laughs> you said, Brad's milkshake brings all and, the girls and, to the yard. And then I said, watch me peg the speedometer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the top three, which is now the top five. Every day, John puts together this list. And sometimes the list gets a little bit um, engorged, shall we say. Is that a good Whoa. word? So first of all, Brad, you're talking about um, – you're talking here, – here's how we should encapsulate the first segment. Um, metal – Metal, uh, headroom, and gorged. There we go. There we go. You think we can do a story a minute here? Let's take through these real quick. Okay, Brad. go ahead. And by the way, everybody can find. I'll, I'll do shut Brad's up. General setup. Well, here I got to put... find these all today at johncombest.com. That's what I was just going to say. Got to put plug in for your website. Com. Thank you, Brad. Matter of fact, it's interesting. The other day, I gave your web address to a guy that I was talking to on the phone, uh, talking about, "Hey, man, you got to check this out." And he goes, "John, who, John, who?" And I go, "Com. Just think of com. C O M, and best." And I spelled it for him. J-O-N-J-O-H-N-C-B-E-S-T. I can't even spell it. JohnCombest.com. Okay, thanks. So, Well, thank you for that, Brad. I appreciate have, that. And I appreciate user. everybody that spreads the word about the show, too, and the website. The number five story today, it's a banger. The great and embattled Democrat rep, Sarah Unsicker. Oh, you thought her legislative career was over? No, no. Speaker of the House Dean Plocker has appointed her to be a member of a special accountability panel, the Special Committee on Government Accountability. You say, John, it's just another legislative committee. Who cares? I'm going to point out the gem in the story. A reporter came to Speaker Dean Plocker, who's faced his own challenges in the last couple months, and asked him, why are you appointing her? What's going on? I, I don't understand. And Dean Plocker told the reporter, quote, keep wondering, unquote. And then... The best quote is he said to the reporter as he's heading down the Capitol stairs to a committee room. Hey, listen, I don't have time for you. Appreciate it. And moved on. Now, Brad, hold it, hold it, hold it. Was, was, that, ahead, gov yeah. was that Governor Greitens? Remember how Governor <laughs> Greitens was bit. like that as well, now, too. Now, listen, hey, let's not, let's not put <laughs> Dean and Eric in the same boat there. Do you know he was a Navy SEAL? I didn't know that. Yeah. That's breaking. Somebody should tweet that. Yeah. Now, I was torn in this lieutenant governor's race because, you know, I got a lot of love for Bob Onder. Everybody loves Holly Rader. I think I got to vote for Dean now. Like, if you tell a reporter that you don't have time for him and just brush him off, That's right. I don't know. There's something about that. Right. He's, he's the man. Number, number four story, the great Austin Peterson, who hosts the Wake Up America show, which you can watch on Rumble. You can watch it on YouTube, had a state representative named Brian Seitz from Branson on yesterday. Seitz ticked through a whole number of controversial issues not just why he supports Jay Ashcroft in the governor's race, but also whether or not gay people should be allowed to adopt kids. And the kicker and the teaser, Brad, why do some liberal women like ACO and Kamala Harris love white men? And not only do they love white men, what is it about some liberal women that, that requires them to seek out a man that will put them in their place? Brian Seitz explains. That's the number four story. That should be interesting. Okay, number three. 
Number three story is sports betting could be on the way. Gambling companies have formed a pack starting yesterday to begin gathering signatures to get sports betting on the ballot. Now, humble brag alert. One of the companies is DraftKings, which is one of my favorite publicly traded companies. I've never bet on sports a day in my life. Um, I'm a big proponent of DraftKings, though. I think they're the leader in that industry. So I choose to profit off them via my retirement account, but not gamble. So anyway, folks, you go, you pull into a Wally's world, as Brad calls it. Folks are going to be haranguing you to, to get your signature to put sports betting on the ballot. I don't think they, that, they I don't think they can do that at Wally World because where I where I really let me try that again. Where I always encounter the petition gatherers is at places owned by the government, like for example the post office and things like that, because that's public property. I believe they get kicked off of the wall the Walmart property. I don't. Think I've I've seen them there, Brad. Have I've you seen really? Them at the one at St. Charles. Interesting. I've, I've, I've accosted them, and my my general lie is no thanks or. I tell them that I'm not a Missouri voter. Oh, I always sign, but I use a pseudonym, and I put down a fake address. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, real quick, the, the top two stories. Number two, Travis Fitzwater, who represents a Senate district in mid-Missouri, announced yesterday on 93.9 The Eagle, our friend Stephanie Bell's station, that he is seriously considering running in the 3rd Congressional District. As we know, Senator Mary Elizabeth Coleman from Arnold has already announced that she is campaigning. And if you listen to the interview, I have the exact timestamp at johncombest.com today. You can hear Senator Fitzwater all but say that he's running. He talks about how important it is to have someone from mid-Missouri continue the Lutgemeyer legacy, so to speak. And isn't, isn't he the first guy that actually lives in the district? Yeah, I mean, Mary Elizabeth is right outside of, of the district boundaries. That's fair. Right, okay. That's fair to say. And, and real quick, the number one story, Will Scharf, who is a candidate for Missouri Attorney General, was on 97.1 FN, the, the Annie Fry show, and he had an incredible anecdote. He talks a lot about the Trump cases. He is a lawyer on Donald Trump's legal team. So we talk, he goes through the cases you know, in D.C. and Georgia, et cetera. But most importantly, Brad, he talks about – how he even got hooked up with Donald Trump. Do we have time for it now, or should we wait? No, let's, let's carry that over, because I, I've heard him before. He's an interesting guy, and yeah, he has some very— some. when you hear him lay out his case, so to speak, it's to the point where it's like, man, this guy's got it going on, because he Absolutely, makes— Absolutely, no he, doubt about he it. He makes a tremendous amount of success, especially—and let's talk about this— especially in light of what's going on down to Georgia with the stuff that's come out about— What's her name? I call her Fanny, but everybody calls her Fanny. It's spelled F-A-N-N-I. I think it's Fanny. Well, but I've heard it's people, Fanny Mae. It's a government well, program. It's that's like loaded and Kamala and Kamala. You know, it's like it's like, you know, see, you know, if if can I? We're over time, but let me just end with one thing. <laughs> if Kamala Harris was really smart, she would say her name is Kamala Harris. Get what I'm doing there? I don't. I don't. You might have to explain that to me. Taking a common name and putting her own spin on it. Oh, I get it. The okay. idea being is, oh, it's not. It's not. It's not Kamala Harris. And Kam then you force people to repeat your name, <laughs> right. which under it's, the Brad right. Hildebrand mantra, you got to repeat something what four times to remember. Three it. times. Three times. And then when someone calls her Kamala Harris, she goes, No, no, no. My name's not Kamala Harris. It's Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. It's very elegant. I like that, Brad. Are you on her payroll? <laughs> yeah. See, they, these people should pay me for, you know, because that way she can make fun of anybody. You know, well, isn't isn't it 
Isn't it Harris? No, it's Harris. Okay, ma'am, it's Harris. Okay, we have to take a break. We're way over time. It's all John's fault. It it's, is? It's uh, because he had five instead of three this morning. 